0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the composer for I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Jay Wadley. Jake,
1: my boyfriend.
0: It's snowing. Winter is coming in. We have a real
1: connection, a rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so weird i'm visiting jake's parents for the first time he hasn't been my boyfriend for very long
0: they really are looking forward to meeting you
1: i think you're ending things hello we're here oh hi Hi. oh it's all wet hi there you're listening to an episode of the next best picture podcast my name is will mavedy and i have with me the composer for Charlie Kaufman's new film, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Jay Wadley. Jay, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me. So, this is a movie where the score is used sparingly, but it really, really lingers with you. So, I guess my first question is was there originally intended to be more score or was it always kind of sparse letting the sound doing a lot of the talking? Uh, there was originally supposed to be less score. <laughs> uh, uh but
0: no, I, you know, it's, it's kind of funny how, how, uh, the whole thing kind of came to be, you know, they reached out to me initially to, to, um, you know, there was going to definitely be a couple songs from, uh, the musical Oklahoma, or I was going to have to write a couple musical numbers. Uh, they're gonna the i would have to write an original ballet uh do this sort of 1950 style jingle this like pastiche uh rom-com score uh, uh for the movie within a movie and then they weren't sure how much like post scoring there was going to be and charlie was kind of thinking he might not want to have too much but then um once we got to that point in time you know uh we uh we did that whole like sort of crazy dream sequence uh you know sort of um fever dream sequence at the end and uh the ballet ended up getting moved and used in a bunch of different uh places and kind of reworkings of that and then uh you know and then we started adding even more and more and I think I added maybe four new cues on like on the mix stage (laughs) so wow (laughs) yeah and uh, you know there's a lot of things that are like relatively you know subtle and, and in the background and little hints and drops here and there but um but yeah it kind of uh it kind of started out smaller and 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 increasingly expanded uh until there were you know uh, a handful of cues but still you know in a two hour and 15 minute movie is not a lot of it's not a ton of score but it is you know very uh when it does show up in in like and have its presence it's definitely it it's like a moment you know
1: well, So you listed most of my my favorites so I kind of want to go through the thought process on a couple of those one by one. For starters, uh there's a Robert Zemeckis fake <laughs> movie within the movie. Yeah. Talk to me about that score and doing like is <laughs> is that supposed to be Silvestri like
0: Uh yeah yeah like it, it could be a Silvestri or a Debney or a, you know it, it was it was just kind of you know the concept being that it needed to be this sort of classic romantic Hollywood uh vibe and um uh, yeah, so we just kind of—I just, you know—did a bunch of research, listening back to the, some of those scores, and and uh, and tried to make something that felt authentic to 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 a film like that. So, you know, and and in no way to to slide it because you know those composers—it takes skill to do that stuff, even though you know it can it can sometimes be a little uh, a little sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it, it's actually probably going to be a good track that'll i listen to on its own when the soundtrack's out. Yeah, there's another. I I was curious if there was an intentional reference uh, that there's a scene towards the end of the film that seemed like it was supposed to be riffing on Ron Howard's A Beautiful Mind. Mm -hmm. So was that meant to be kind of a James Horner-esque score there during that scene, during the big speech?
0: Yeah, yeah. So during that, it's kind of it's kind of uh, referencing James Horner without it being like a score from from beautiful mind or whatever, but it is kind of leaning into that and leaning into that sort of rousing speech type of Hollywood score stuff. But it's kind of admits in the middle of all of this other chaos that is happening. Uh, So, you know, it's not the only thing that is happening at that point in time. we still have like leftover elements from the, the jingle that are like reversed and stretched and, and sort of crazy string textures. And I even on that ran that section, that sort of heroic, uh, or, you know, that sort of rousing speech score um, into a tape recorder uh, and then ran it back out on top of itself. So it's like stopping and starting and rewinding and, oh, wow. you know, all like so it's the the concept being it's kind of all of these memories and these sort of projections of 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 sort of what he wanted his life to be or envisioned his life being uh, sort of m- coming together and kind of blurring and um, almost like synapses. Like firing and and misfiring as he's as he's sort of you know
1: nearing the end of his life. Uh, when I listen to yeah. that uh, on repeat, <laughs> am I going to be able to pick out most of the themes used elsewhere in the film at various points? Yeah,
0: yeah. So that That's whole section cool. from the moment he leaves, um, uh, from the moment he leaves the truck, uh, you know, is all most of that is sort of a patchwork. Um, of, of like fragmented melodies and like that are manipulated in some sort of way, stretched out, grained out, verbed out, uh, you know, like there's a bunch of elements, like all of those sort of romantic chords that you'll hear these like kind of weird romantic chords that come in. That's from the ballet. And like, you've got the, uh, you've got the, uh, woodwinds and, um, and harp sort of playing backwards. So you'll hear those melodies in reverse and then you get that jingle, uh, you know, moment, uh, the 1950s jingle thing. And then that kind of goes into that same, uh, through those same processes. And then that's like stretched out and, and reversed. And, you know, so, and it becomes part of this, this memory, this woven memory of, of, of all of these experiences of his life.
1: Uh, So is that the kind of alien sound you get when, um, she enters the school is that, uh, that's some of those other tracks being slowed down. Cause I thought that was one of the more unique sounds. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So when, when she walks into the school and is, is like when she just starts walking in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the ballet backwards, slowed down and like super like verbed. And I think I ran it through a tape thing too, but, um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's all supposed to be you know, referencing the same stuff and feeling like it's from the same fabric, and that it's uh, it's it's just all part of of his like subconscious or part of his
1: pretty complex mental state. <laughs> okay, so you touched on the jingle a couple times. Talk to me about the Tulsi Town song.
0: Yeah, so that was another one. Like with with the ballet and the and the jingle, those are both things that I had to. Uh, Uh, right ahead of time um, before they actually shot the film. Um, So, uh, you know, Charlie... Initially in the book, uh, there's like a, a, a in the original book, there's it's a Dairy Queen, but um we couldn't use Dairy Queen, so we went. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he made up Tulsi Town, um which is 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 actually an alternative alternate name for uh, Tulsa, um because the film's uh, based in Oklahoma, oh, Obviously based in Oklahoma, but um. Uh, and so he wrote the lyrics for it, and I, which I just thought were absolutely hilarious and wonderful. And so I, I kind of recorded a a scratch vocal of the melody line into my my phone, uh, like almost immediately when he sent it to me, and and developed it out, and uh, you know demoed it so that we could send it to um, Jesse Plemons, because uh, his character actually sings it on screen in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, So he uh, so that was an interesting process, like, you know, sending that to him. And uh, and then I also made sort of a a faux like dated 80s version of it as well, uh, that he and Jesse Buckley uh, sing together um, (laughs) with the tagline, we're here to soft serve. It was great. So, yeah, that was it was just a lot of fun. And, and, uh, you know, Charlie has this interesting obsession with um, creepy old animated commercials.
1: Oh, my God. The clown is so creepy. So creepy.
0: And uh, and so, yeah, he sent me uh, a wonderful uh, selection of of things for inspiration to just kind of like see what what those old black and white animated commercials for for ice cream shops and and all sorts of all sorts of things were like, and they're just so weird. Uh, And, and so, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, And, uh, and the ballet similarly I had to write all ahead of time and produce and, and, uh, and mock up that whole like seven minute sequence to send to the choreographer.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, because every, like when the minister comes out, he does everything perfectly on the beat and the mock wedding scene and stuff.
0: Yeah. So that, that entire, that entire sequence, I had to kind of create, the score just based on charlie's scene descriptions um so all of the um all of essentially you know it's just like uh uh, Jesse walks down the hall ho- uh, or not Jesse, but the girlfriend, uh, the girlfriend turns the corner, walks down the hall and, you know, calling for Jake. Uh, you know, she sees him down the hall. They stop and stand and stare at each other. And then they're like rep- their dancing representations come and stand behind them. They switch places and then they run towards each other in this romantic like embrace. And then they perform a, a, a romantic potted. De uh and, you know, it, like he just kind of describes all of these various things that are happening in a couple of paragraphs. And, you know, I, I just kind of had to imagine what that would look like and how long that might take for those things to kind of play out in a dance, like more dramatized dance way. Uh, and then kind of demo it out so that we could understand what the thematic content was and what the, you know, all the moods and the feel and, and the structure of the piece so that. Um, you know, we could make sure that we would hit all those dramatic timings and then delivered that demo to uh, Peter Walker, the choreographer from the New York City Ballet, who who, um, you know, choreographed the whole number and and uh, helped find the dancers. And it was really amazing experience getting to getting to collaborate on that. I really never thought in a million years I'd ever have an opportunity to write a ballet for a film. <laughs> uh, and definitely not for a Charlie Kaufman movie. So I, I was pretty over the moon about it, honestly.
1: Okay, and so um, I haven't, to my great shame, I've never seen Oklahoma, so maybe the final song was from there, but it was my yeah. impression that was an original song that he's singing at the end, or is that an Oklahoma song?
0: That is an Oklahoma song. Um, it is not in the movie. You won't see it in the movie if you watch the movie, but it is uh, from the musical Oklahoma. And it is kind of, you know, thematically, Charlie felt like it really works with uh, with the movie. You know, it's kind of uh, the character, um, you know, Judd in in Oklahoma is is sort of uh, has this unrequited love for uh, for this woman. And, you know, he's kind of you can see how that can can play out. And it's kind of a dark moment for him.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's an understatement
0: yeah yeah uh so yeah so you know charlie he just makes what's so interesting about this movie and you you know kind of called attention to it a little bit uh earlier like with the with the beautiful mind thing like this film there are so many references to film uh and literature and movies and musicals and all of these different arts that you know are in some ways like sometimes they're acknowledged that this is from something else and sometimes they're not in any way acknowledged that it's from something else and it just presents it as if it's its own idea um, and it's all coming from this perspective of Jake who's creating this alternative narrative right. uh, you know, envisioning this relationship that he had as a younger version of himself that never happened and um, and you know I approached the score thinking of those things and, and especially with the ballet of like how can I make, you know, things that sound familiar sound like maybe we had just directly lifted them from something, but are completely original. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and hilariously, like, uh, a number of reviews legitimately think my ballet is from Oklahoma. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a compliment. I, I guess I did my job, but maybe shot myself in the foot. <laughs> uh, But, uh, you know, but really, actually, my influences in the ballet were were more uh, were more like Debussy and Ravel and Stravinsky, Um, you know, when thinking about what needed to happen over the course of this narrative, uh, you know, I felt like that those composers would, would like their, their kind of language would, would resonate with these types of events happening. Um, and keeping in line with that concept of like borrowing, like in a way borrowing, like it's, it's in no way borrowed, you know, it's a fully original thing, but it's kind of in the voice of someone else, um, you know, uh, reinterpreted through me. Um, and, and so, yeah, the whole concept being that these are composers that, potentially Jake could have heard at some Mm -hmm. point in time. Um, and, and, you know, loved these ballets or loved this music in some sort of way. So when he's imagining this dream ballet, this crazy sequence that happens and, and this love, this relationship and this like struggle with a, a different version of himself and all of these things like this, he would kind of this would be the music that he would imagine to his own ballet, right? So that was kind of the concept of it. So I wanted it to sound familiar and wanted it to sound like it could be from something else because it, I wanted it to feel as though he was he was making this up and 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 reinterpreting it in real time. almost
1: Okay, when he is humming or singing a lot, uh, did you create the janitor? Did you create it all just when he's to himself as he walks up and down the halls? Um, are those songs you created or are those, cause you can't quite tell what he's singing, right? Um,
0: I, I, I want to say yes, just to like make it, uh, that much more interesting, but, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> <Okay. didn't, laughs> we, 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 we didn't get, uh, no, no, none of that is like, you know, that's all direction from Charlie and things that were not, I, I was not, um, involved in, but I think, you know, speaks to his interest in music and kind of constant, um, you know, uh, having a tune in his head or having, you know, like music is a part of his life and a part of his, um, experience. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's kind of the concept. I think that adds another layer to that, that, that element of he's kind of imagining all of these things as he's going throughout his day, cleaning, cleaning the school.
1: Uh, before I ask you about the sound design, um, are there any other, specific references that you hope I picked up on in terms of riffs on movies and popular songs, et cetera, et cetera, you worked in?
0: Um as as far as my uh, my involvement, I, I don't think so. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I mean most of the you know most of the post scoring stuff, you know, is is all elements of the ballet. I wanted it to be this thread of You know, everything kind of being from the same material in a way um, and kind of ruminating in a way on on this on these melodies uh, and, you know, in in various forms and kind of different constructions and different moods. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, mostly with the ballet and the jingles and stuff that those are those are like the the hints and references towards to outside uh, um, art forms. For me. Okay.
1: So Lewis Goldstein's sound design and this is fantastic. Um a lot of the film it's you know, the mute in lieu of music, there's kind of the thuk 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 of the windshield wiper, et cetera, et cetera. Did you have a hand at all in the sound effects as well? And what we hear when there's not music?
0: Uh, no, 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 no hand in the sound effects, but it was clear to Charlie uh, pretty much from the get go. I mean, that was one thing that he and, um, and the editor Rob, when we were initially spotting things, you know, we were talk like, you know, the movie is really effective without music in, in those, in those ways. So I'm not one to be like, oh man, we need to put score all over the place by any means. But, um, the windshield wiper was uh, was an idea from early on that that the windshield wiper would just kind of continue uh and and like even in places where it makes no sense that the that the windshield wiper is still there just kind of keeping this concept of this sort of disconnect and and i think that that it worked really really well um yeah th- it's very unsettling when it just kind of keeps <laughs> going
1: yes <laughs> And then the uh, the final scene, you know, it's that's another one where it just lets the the ambient sound speak for itself or as the credits roll. And it's a very depressing shot. Was there ever a thought about having any music there? or Was that always just going to be like corridor slamming wind, nothing else?
0: It was pretty much just going to be wind and nothing else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's bleak.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He was, you know, we definitely didn't want to overscore it the the film in general and and the the main the main objective also was like steering clear of anything that rang like too traditionally horror score Mm -hmm. or what um you know because it's just not really the tone of the film it's it's deeply unsettling and uh disturbing but part of that is in its quietness and in its like isolation or a big part of that you know and so uh you know, it just didn't really serve the f- the overarching tone of the film to just start slathering score everywhere.
1: Well, man, the score is fantastic. It's going to be uh, something that when I listen to, it's going to be like parsing the movie itself, just trying to parse the score and figure out what you did. What are you doing next? Uh,
0: well, I've got uh, I've got another film coming out uh, a little later this year. At least I think it will be. Um, it depends, <laughs> I guess. Um, it was June, and then it was September, and I think now it's November. But um, we are playing the New York Film Festival, which is exciting. Um, it's called I Carry You With Me. Uh, it's a, a new film by uh, Heidi Ewing is the director, and it's a Sony Pictures Classics film that got picked up at uh, – at Sundance. Um, and we won the next award, uh, or oh. ne- you know about this one?
1: Yeah, I was at Sundance. I, re- I, didn't see it. I remember seeing something about this on Twitter. At yeah. The time, though. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, you know, Heidi, she's, she's known for documentary work. This is her directorial debut for narrative, uh, work. And, um, and it's a really beautiful love story that kind of spans two, uh, two decades, um, and, uh, about, these two guys who met and fell in love in Mexico and like you get this whole background of what it's like gay- growing up as a, as a, 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 gay kid in Mexico. That's like, you know um, you know, all the challenges that go with it and kind of follows their love story and their trajectory coming to New York city uh, and following Yvonne's uh, dream and passion to, uh, to uh, be a chef and, and start some restaurants. So it, it's a really, it's a really incredible, incredible based on a true story uh, story. So it's pretty, it's pretty great. And uh, so that's kind of the next thing that's coming out. And then I'm working right now on an experimental uh, documentary called Light, Darkness, Light, that is sort of about an Anglican priest who uh, loses his sight and uh, gets a, a, an experimental uh, surgery to be able to see through like an implant. Oh, wow. And he starts to you know, try to learn to see again through this device. And, uh, yeah, he's just a really interesting, really interesting character. So doing that and, uh, yeah, just kind of waiting to see what happens with uh, COVID-19. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you saw, like, Pattinson just got it on the Batman set and they had to shut that down. So it's crazy, man. Yeah.
0: Pretty nuts. So, yeah, I mean, I think I would assume most, most productions are in that same sort of boat. So, you know, there were there were a few things that were trickling and then they kind of all just are are on pause for for the moment. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what's next, I guess. Um, yeah. ho- hopefully we can get back to some semblance of normal production soon.
1: And you uh, I guess the, the limited field means it opens the door for you to be a original song contender for the Tulsi Town <laughs> jingle this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, Someone
0: else mentioned that, and I was like, you know, I I really should have considered asking Gaga to sing this, because I think
1: (laughs) that might be the only
0: real chance I
1: have. (laughs) Or uh, get Diane Warren to collaborate on it, you know, just like... Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. Well, you know, we we worked with um, uh, Deanna Story. She's the same singer who's sung, like... um, uh the songs from synecdoche she's such an incredible uh, incredible voice and incredible singer so you know very grateful to to have worked with her and uh she's a friend of Charlie's and uh yeah i mean look I, I, if if it happens I will die laughing <laughs> because get this I got disqualified for uh is it love uh in indignation why B- because, I don't know I guess because it played on a radio I think uh it like it started out like it started out like as a song and then it started playing in on radio and since it was used diegetically i was disqualified so that's some
1: bs i was like i was really proud of that one (laughs) that happened to uh that brokeback mountain song like 10 years 15 years ago too because it was on the radio yeah yeah Music
0: branch. look it's them's the rules right so uh i i just didn't know that those were the rules (laughs) i was like oh man that that is a bummer. Um yeah, cuz that was such a a lovely one to do. I mean, obviously the jingle is is hilarious and dark and weird and and uh look, if 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 they want to go for that, I am on board, uh but you know, I'd be surprised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk and uh best of luck with your future endeavors. I look forward to parsing this score. Is it going to be on uh, Spotify and iTunes soon?
0: Um, that that that's up to Netflix. So I I, I really hope so. So if you want to hear it, I say let
1: Netflix know. We want to hear it. <laughs> I'll do my best, man. Thanks so much. All right. Cool. All right, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavidie's interview with the composer for Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Jay Wadley here on the Next Best Picture podcast. I'm Thinking of Ending Things is currently streaming on Netflix. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.